we don't want to just set up high on the you know the throne or whatever and and just dictate orders and say these are the missions these are the vision like we're also the player of the game we're we're the player we want to be on the field like living life to the fullest you know so i think integrating those two aspects and really you know, getting in a community like this to um, have different perspectives of those who have been the sergeant those who have been the general and those who have been both and all this kind of stuff to fill in your own gaps and i think that that's why men's circles men's communities to level each other up to you know identify your own blind spots and then once you identify them it's like okay what the hell do i do now with it you know and then be able to take action and you know to to add to what you were saying about purpose is that's one of the biggest things that the the masculine energy brings not only to himself but into the family as well it's like you're the captain of the ship you know and every your kids are looking to you for guidance and direction your wife is looking for you for guidance and direction yeah. and in order for you to be a good captain of the entire ship for the family like you have to do that within yourself first so and that's why you were saying you know like i got to take care of me and be able to make sure that i know exactly why i'm here hey everybody welcome back to the mental purpose podcast look today's episode is fire and i know you hear me say that a lot it is it is an evolution of of my growth as a host and a and a leader on a mission and a movement it's the growth of the guests it's the growth of the movement it's this energy that it's creating and today it showed up big time let me tell you a bonehead move i made i forgot to hit the record button today first time i've ever done that i've got hundreds of episodes under my belt over the years and i cannot believe that happened well, you're hearing it today because the guest today, Lane Ballone, he recorded it on his end just because the universe told him to. His AI was listening. And so that's why you get to hear this incredibly fire episode today. And Lane is absolutely an incredible guest. I, I met him through another one of our fire guests, Nick Devlin. And these are guys that that I'm just aligning with as a as a man who's on a mission to to free himself of that internal restriction and constraint as a man who's on a mission to define and, and carry out his mission and and really live his purpose every single day and i'm aligning with these other incredible men who are doing the same thing and i and i love having them on here so today's episode is a volley in just gold tennis balls <laughs> back and forth back and forth between Lane and I, and it was such a refreshing and energizing and intense and, a, and just awesome conversation. That's what I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what we talked about, and then I'll tell you about Lane, and then we'll get right into it. Um, excuse the end when I realized, if my team didn't cut out, I realized that I didn't record it. It was like, it was jarring to me because it was such a fire episode. So you are gonna get to hear the whole thing. Look. Lane is a special forces army green beret. So we're going to hear uh, the, the, the information on growth and development of the human of the man from that level perspective of that level of discipline and that level of determination and grit and energy and focus. Yet what we start talking about in the beginning is how is that level not transferable to the personal side how are we not counterbalancing that personal side when the business side is so high right and lane talks about integration over balance we're going to talk about disbursement of energy we're going to talk about 
your professional formula not equaling or, or feeding or fueling your personal formula. We're going to be talking about co-creating an integrated life, integration over balance, balance analogy, his special forces stories. We're going to talk a lot about his special forces. Uh, we're going to kind of weave his stories into the, the fire that we're just trading back and forth. How to find your mission and purpose, focusing energy and attention on you first, putting yourself first, making you a priority, making sure you matter. Why guys think that they don't matter? Why are they distracting themselves? Why are they putting all these other things before them? Uh, we're talking about Lane's life story, how he got into the military, beliefs, programming. His was, if someone else can do it, I can do it. And that sounds so simple. And when you hear some of the extreme things that he was getting himself into in the military, that's, that's, it's just a, a very, a very on purpose man right there. Facing your fears in the moment, like g getting through things, gamifying your search for purpose, which we do in the MOP world. Um, are you a statue or are you a sentence? And, and if you want that video, I shot that actually today, which day I recorded, which is Monday, the 7th of November. You can go back and listen to that video. Finding purpose after the military, the formulas, trusting yourself, clarity on your needs, life's mission and purpose, like removing yourself from the cycle, counterbalance, holding it together through fear, going through something to get out of it, not as trying to escape it, and a ton more. Guys, I, I, we got to start this episode. So look, Lane Ballone is a curious explorer, harmonious creator, and storyteller. He's the co-author of Unleash Your Humble Alpha, host of Exactly What the Moment Called For podcast, and creator of the Joyfully Sovereignty, Joyful Sovereignty Experience. And as a Green Beret, he explored the world and learned about himself. As an advisor, he helps business owners find clarity and purpose, and now he leads himself into unknown territory and shares what he finds. Look, this episode is incredible. Remember... Our MLP community, if you haven't joined, please join. There's a ton of free giveaways, free stuff in there, a ton of free resources for you. Our, our new courses are out. Our VMP course, which is, they're all low ticket, guys. Just get something, get it into your life. They're all low ticket. VMP, our MLP life formula, which is our, a very simple formula that we use to run everything in our lives and, our, and all of our programs foundationally from. That's another low ticket course that you could take just to get yourself started. We've got our masterminds. We've got our retreats. Menonpurpose.net is where you find that. Like guys, this is, this is, this is, this is a turning point in this, in this movement. And it's so damn cool to be a part of this. So just remember, as you're listening to this, take action with what you think you need. If you think Lane will help you reach out. If you think one of the other guests could help you reach out. My job is not to just push you to meet. If I'm a great fit for you, awesome. If not, choose somebody. What we care about as coaches, as high-level mentors, is that you choose, is that you make a decision for yourself and you take action today on something that you know you need to course correct to really align with that authentic version of you. Get out of your own way. Stop making excuses. Stop avoiding. Turn around, face the monster, okay? Guys, be your purpose, okay? Become irreplaceable. Your elite Former elite military, would that be right? Like former elite military special forces dude. And here's yeah. the question. And one of my buddies, he's going to know who it is when he listens to this episode. He said to me, why is my life such a fucking mess? And I said, your life's not a mess. Your personal life's a mess. If you ran your personal life like your professional life where you're, you know, like we were talking about Howard Stern earlier. Your, your professional life is like a nine and your personal life is at a two. If you ran your personal life like your professional life, 
you'd be on fire. And so I asked Nick Devlin the same thing, the guy I met you with, uh, from. Why are you so elite? How can you be so elite in that professional world, life or death? You know, you're scaling mountains and you're you're crouching down and building igloos and hunting people down, you know, and there is no, there is no letting yourself down or the mission down. Why does that not correlate to your personal world? And by the way, guys, this is, this is what most of you call me about. This is why most of you listen here. This is why most of you are in our, our MOP community and, 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 and in our world, because you just have not figured out this formula that works in business yet does not translate or transfer over to your personal world. And that's where I just want to dig in there with you, man, because that's that's something that a lot of guys are experiencing, you included, at a very elite professional level. Yeah, so actually, it's really interesting because I just chatted with a, a still Green Beret active duty guy. He reached out to me um, and we chatted just a couple of days ago. And we were talking about this high performance mindset, but not being able to apply it to our own personal life. And a lot of the things that I've done after the military was trial by error, uh, going in blind, similar to other experiences and stories of my life, but just going in and going for it. And to having that courage in a battlefield where in combat, when thing, life and death is on the line, he was like, yeah, this is so much easier to do because it's for somebody else. Yeah. And yeah. so really taking ownership of, okay, if I was the commander of my own life, if I was dictating the mission intent, the commander's intent on what I want to get out of my life, we could switch that ownership, that responsibility of, I'm going to take that same tenacity, that same mindset, that performance, not for somebody else's business, country, life, like, but for my own. And so that's a, that's a really subtle nuance that, you know, we could probably dive into, but it's, yeah. I think it's wrapped around ownership of your own journey. Well, that's the intro. I could probably cut the entire episode short there. And like, I think guys would get something out of that statement you just made in like a minute and 17 seconds, dude, that was, that was so tight and spot on. I mean, what do we think it is? Is it, I'll give you my own piece of why I was crushing it professionally and, and losing it personally was I didn't think I was worth it. I thought the mission professionally, like you're talking about professionally was worth it because it justified my value and it justified my worth and it justified, you know, <clears throat> my identity and it justified me mattering to the world. And I thought without that, do I actually matter? And there's past programming and there's some of my own self-imposed limitations of programming in there. And unfortunately, I ran a good chunk of my life dedicated to exterior influence and, and, you know, and goalpost moving to justify my internal value and slash my value to the world. And I, and I think that that's probably a pretty common benchmark around a lot of guys. What's your take on that? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's like when we don't have that self-worth within ourselves, we try to do stuff in order for us to earn that self-worth. And this is a blessing and a curse, especially for somebody that's a high performer, whether it's business, uh, special operations or anything otherwise, like um, elite Olympic kind of like level stuff yeah. is that that 
lack of worth or that I need to earn my place in the world gets us really, really far. And it's like, it, give, it gives us that drive. It gives us that tenacity, that energy, that focus and attention towards the thing that we're aiming it towards. But there comes a certain point to where that thing that once was like really good for our journey becomes the detriment. It becomes a single thing that's stopping us from the next level of our greatness. Yeah. Personal greatness. Yeah. And yeah. let's, yeah. So let's, you know, dive into uh, disbursement of energy, right? So if we're looking at our life and at us as men, we focus our energy and attention towards one thing and it could be career. It could be my case. It was the military slash career. Um, it could be sports for other people like professional athletes. And so they so directionalize their focus and energy and attention towards that one thing that they're losing out oftentimes on this more holistic aspect of their life. All the other areas in which we can really have an enriching life. And so that's what kind of you were alluding to is that family life's not very good or other aspects, relationships are, you know, not very good at all, but we're so tight with this career. We're so tight with business. What's up, guys? I'm so sorry to interrupt the episode. I just need one minute to share with you all the new and exciting, amazing stuff we've got created here at Men on Purpose. First of all, thank you for listening to the podcast and supporting the movement we're creating for all the men of the world. Next, you've got to check out our new website, menonpurpose.net, where you'll find all kinds of cool stuff, including links to our podcast and the free Men on Purpose community. You're also going to find our new free purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook and links to all of our new coaching programs and products. Look, I've had so many of you ask me where to get started with your personal growth journey or where you can go to level up. So I put this thing together, this free ebook and mini course, and we're going to be talking about and coaching you through a really light version of our purpose-driven formula, which is our foundational formula. And for those of you who are ready now, we got you. Listen up, whether it's becoming the best husband, being the best dad, quitting that job that doesn't serve you, or just understanding how to put you first, we've got what you need to align with your authentic self and find that true fulfillment and live a life with no regrets. Look, we're helping men with structure, support, and sustainability. That's what you've asked for, and that's what we deliver. As we lead you through proven and tested curriculum that focuses on formulas to help you get farther faster. So make sure you go to menonpurpose.net, click the button to download our free, powerful, purpose-driven formula mini course and ebook. And while you're there, make sure you check out some of our amazing products designed to help you find your purpose, stop self-sabotage, and dial in your mindset, skills, and habits to evolve into the best version of you. Why? because we want you to live and have the best life possible. No regrets. So mentalpurpose.net, let's get back to the episode. What's interesting is I've been noticing it, living in Southern California, I've been noticing it a lot where there are, there, let's say somebody's got a, a status quo relationship. They're, a, they're maybe an okay dad where money sugarcoats, or I call it like a candy shell, on a piece of shit, literally. I'm not saying like a f- actual piece of shit. I'm saying the thing that you that you have is a piece of shit compared to what you know could be, what you know is possible, and what you're what you know you're capable of actually achieving or producing. And so the money puts a candy shell on things, and the candy shell might be an expensive vacation, an expensive purchase, you know, a vacation. Uh, bills are all paid, uh, uh, you know, landscaper and a house cleaner. And, and when you have that type of candy coating, you don't have to actually work on the shit that's glaring, the shit underneath the candy coat. 
And, and money brings options and opportunity. However, money also creates options and opportunity to not deal with your shit underneath the candy. I've been a guy that's been, that's in up and down and up and down and up and down and up. And I know that the man I was before, I knew that if I clawed my way back to having money, I'd be okay. I'd be totally fine because I, it wasn't like, it wasn't the bills I was worried about. Even though I was convincing myself, I was worried about being able to cover. It was really, I wanted to use the money to avoid the shit that I did not want to have to face, right? I did not want to have to turn and face that monster and not have the distraction of another dinner out, a shopping spree, a vacation, a new car. Oh, let's get this done. Oh, let's go over here and let's try this and let's try that sport. That was really what I became very illuminated to. And I want to get your take on on the the sugar coat that money adds to people's lives and they run it like it's normal they run it like no problem I, well i'm home most of the time i'm being the best dad i can be and they're starting to justify in there why they're not the most capable that they can be in their personal life because the money is providing those options and opportunity to escape and avoid over here in the professional life yeah totally and i think it goes back to we don't want to look at what challenge or what thing is being presented in our life. And so um, let's, I think the conversation could, could go well with separating it between somebody, a man that's well off. And then let's let, let's look at somebody that's like, Hey, I don't have a lot of money kind of thing. So the, the, the man that's well off, no matter who you are, life has given you the opportunity to expand and grow and sure. to become the best version of yourself. Oftentimes what hinders that growth is that, we, we have blinders on and we don't see what is right in front of us. And so being able to be present as a man, especially in the family dynamic and the personal life dynamic is one of the greatest gifts that we can tap into because in the present moment, we're able to then see the subtleties, the nuances. And so whenever you're present with your kids, your wife, your family, and you ask them, hey, how was your day? It's these small inflections of, oh, it's okay. And then, but if we're not paying attention, if we're not present, we think, oh, it's okay. We hear the words okay, but we don't hear the inflection of like, what's going on? Like, hey, hey, did something happen today? Or right. hey, what was, you know, what's going on here? You know? So being present offers us the the glasses or the lenses to then see what's been right in front of us the whole time. So we're not going to be able to cover up like like the the extra money or the the abundance that you have, which is a great problem to have, so to speak, sure. you know. But it's these other aspects of nurturing relationships, deepening the connection that you have with people that are most important to you. And oftentimes because, uh, you know, men that are uh, successful, um, high performing, it's, it's a matter of directing that focus and attention and, and performance right. from one thing to let me center myself with my family and see how I can use that energy, time and attention to really nail down this family dynamic. Yeah, and that's the counterbalance that we were talking about. That's the counterbalance we were talking about earlier between the personal and professional. So many guys feel like they're stuck in this, this vicious cycle to provide and to constantly have to bring in more, bring in more. And by the way, self-induced, because the, 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 I forget what they call it, um, not expense creep, it's like lifestyle creep, lifestyle creep. Keeps going, and all of a sudden, 
there's like, well, that car and then that car and then this school and then that school and then this car and then that car and then over here, another car and over here, another vacation and over here. And then lifestyle creep is up. And, and even though you own a business, like this was me years ago, even though you own a business, you are now in, in that cycle you can't get out of. And a lot of guys, unfortunately, they, I think resolve is probably the right word to, to the fact or, or reserve to the fact, whatever. They, they are just, they just stop and say, it is what it is. This is the cycle. This is life. I'm providing a nice, you know, house and cars and vacation and education for my kids. And everybody's got insurance and braces and, and food on the table and, and, and warm, soft, clean beds. And you know what? That's a great life. And we've been sold this dream about like the American dream and having all this bullshit, which by the way, is someone else's agenda of your life and you're just buying into it. So We've been sold this dream and we start to convince ourselves because we don't have a formula to get out of that cycle. We start to convince ourselves, hey, uh, this is the dream. I'm living it. I should be grateful. I should be appreciative. Look at the hard work I put in. I built this. Meanwhile, the guy's fucking miserable. The guy is miserable in his personal internal world and has no options to move on. So there is no counterbalance option. Because what are you going to do? Just turn the spigot off and, and the family like moves to a trailer and, you know, like you go to one car and you just go, Hey, we're going to live on 1500 a month, everybody. Cause dad needs to be happy. So these, so the men in your world and my world, right? The, the, they, they, they don't understand that there's a whole secret cave right here that they could come into. Now, some of them do. The cave is tough to deal with. It's dark as shit. It's scary. It's loud. It's hot. It's, it's all the things that make you uncomfortable. Yet the exit from the cave on the other side, if you can walk through it, the exit is your life being owned by you. You know, like, and that sounds amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll walk through any shitty situation to actually own my own life and be the most authentic version of me. Like sign me up. Well, that's me today. I don't know how, I don't know how willing I was like 10 years ago. Like, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? The, the cycle that men are in and that counterbalance between the professional life going this way and providing for the family over here and, and how to, how to bring that to a level playing field. Yeah. I think for the man, especially it's about integration of all of these aspects. And so let's just take the two biggest aspects that we're talking about now is, you know, work and personal life. And when we first started out this conversation, it was like not being able to take ownership of our own journey. And, and you alluded to it just now. Is it like the the dream life that has been bestowed upon us or been programmed is a life that doesn't have the depth and meaning that that we, I think, feel like we yearn for, right? And so to tie it together to what we were previously talking about, when we get present and we have these really enriching, deep conversations with the, with the people that we love, we can co-create an integrated life. And what I mean by that is that when we have these conversations of, okay, what, what does our life really look like? And, and how can I provide as the man of the family mixed in with, let me support and elevate and just have a good time with my family, right? How, how can we find that, 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 I don't want to say balance, but that integration, because, yeah. you know, it, for me, integration is this kind of uh, present moment balance that it's, it's changing every single moment minutely, subtly, and us as men being able to have the the trust in ourselves to say, okay, this is 
all the things that I'm navigating. And I'm the kind of harmonizer of the situation because I'm the, the leader of the household. And so having these uh, conversations to say, okay, what do we want as a family? What, what do I need as part of a husband or as a father or as a businessman? You know, and, and then we can find that sweet spot, find that, you know, the, the overlapping middle of the two, you know, the Venn diagram kind of thing. And that's the sweet spot that we can then own wholly and completely because we have buy-in from our family. It aligns with our, our work or our business or whatever that we're doing for money. And we find that sweet spot, you know, and then that is what we can take full ownership of because it not only helps us be also be the provider, but just taking care of our own selves and our own filling our own cup up first. Yeah. I mean, dude, what you're, that, that I've never heard it put like that integration over balance. That's, that's really well said. I, 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 I wrote that down. I was like, that sounds really cool over the counterbalance, right? Trying to get this whole thing. I, I always pictured, I always pictured your life. Like you're standing on one leg, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you got, you know, you're like leaning over like this and one arm's out here and one arm's over here. If somebody pushes down on one arm, you're, you're over. That's balance. Yet, if you can weight out both arms equally in some capacity, you are now counterbalanced to where, you know what I mean? You can sway and you can move in the wind or whatever, you know, forces hit you on you and still not topple like a completely off balance building or, or you know, a tree or something. So it's a really interesting way of putting that integration. I'll have a nice little analogy for anybody. Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, and not seeing the video. Um, so when I, back in the day, I was on a uh, mobility team in special forces. And one of the, one, this one time we were navigating these like large boulders over, you know, with four wheeler. And it was just these, it was this constant like shift and change of how we were navigating this little terrain. And so at one point, you know, we were four wheels on four rocks. And then every so often, like there, we'd be on two wheels and then we'd have to shift our body to lean back to make sure to offset the balance yeah. of the actual ATV. And so as we were moving forward, that dynamic shifted all the time. And sometimes I was, you know, way leaning way back. And sometimes I was leaning way forward to the left and to the right, you know, and, and really just being able to navigate moving forward. And so that's how I, I view it is that when we master our body, master ourselves and master, you know, the vehicle that we're on, yeah. then we're able to navigate much difficult terrain that most people couldn't. Yeah. I think I find that the, what's that little thing called like a plum, like a plum bob, right? That you yeah. drop down. It's like a pendulum. Like there's one at the uh, observatory, observatory here. Uh, there's this cool pendulum that just, it's always swinging it. And every hour it knocks over a little tile for the hour and it, like at the top of the hour. And it's so interesting. And, um, and I think about that thing and I go, I wonder how to get life to swing like that to where, if I spend six hours on my business, it's not then I got to go spend six hours with my family. It's how do I build myself into the man that can spend six hours in my business and own that six hours with my family and be in it and be the dad I want to be and be the husband that I need to be and, and be the man in this family dynamic and not worry about my business. And I want to get your take on this. The way that I got that was understanding my purpose and dialing in and getting very clear on my mission on this planet, which is way above the professional job related stuff that we're used to. 
I'm talking beyond that. I'm talking like your actual mission on this planet to where you're working toward your mission, not the mission out here. Like we talked about in the beginning of this conversation, you can do it when it's a mission out here, when it's the United States government saying, Hey, Lane, go do that. You do whatever it takes, put your body in harm's way, which dude, I could sit and talk to you for like five hours about the special forces stuff that like, like, and that's the mission. Yet when it's your mission, you got to own you on that mission. You got to be your own soldier in your own mission. And, and I think that's the scariest shit for people. It was, it was scary for me. Would you agree with that? Do you think that finding your actual life's mission and, and the purpose while you're here, take the job, take the family out, by the way, too. Why are you here? That got me, that got me laser focused on my path forward and who I needed to be, which was crucial. Yeah. So when you're a sergeant your whole life, you know, I don't want to say following orders because that just sounds, you know, not like the correct way to say it, but like you've been crushing it under somebody else's mission, vision, changing that mindset to becoming the general, right? The one that who gives orders or the one that creates the missions. That's a huge shift for a lot of people. And yeah. it, it definitely takes this intentional journey to be able to integrate both of them, right? Because we don't want to just set up high on the, you know, the throne or whatever and, and just dictate orders and say, these are the missions, these are the vision. Like we're also the player of the game. We're we're the player, we want to be on the field, like living life to the fullest. You know, so I think integrating those two aspects. And really uh, getting in a community like this to um, have different perspectives of those who have been the sergeant, those who have been the general and those who have been both and all this kind of stuff to fill in your own gaps. And I think that that's why men's circles, men's communities to level each other up to, you know, identify your own blind spots. And then once you identify them, it's like, okay, what the hell do I do now with, you know, and then be able to take action and, you know, to, to add to what you were saying about purpose is that's one of the biggest things that the, the masculine energy brings not only to himself, but into the family as well. It's like, you're the captain of the ship, you know, and every, your kids are looking to you for guidance and direction. Your wife is looking for you for guidance and direction. And in order for you to be a good captain of the entire ship for the family, like you have to do that within yourself first. So, and that's why you were saying, you know, like, I got to take care of me and be able to make sure that I know exactly why I'm here, then it's much easier for you to then create the conditions, create the containers, create the, the conversations with your family to help help them identify their own purpose to, to the degree in which they need to, whether they're, you know, boy or girl. What do you think that number one element is that you had to strengthen, clear out, like in your in your formula for your life to get that, like you kind of find out where you're going to go. Like, Oh man, okay. I've illuminated that. I've okay. I, I, that's where this life, this human is going. That's, that's where I wouldn't regret. You know, that's the path I wouldn't regret. What's the one thing that you had to dial in or, or, or let go of that got you aligned? I think the the catalyst was identity. And, you know, we, we might dive into some spirituality here, um, but uh, when we ask ourselves who we are, it brings up an interesting dynamic. Many answers could come, 
maybe you don't know, maybe it's a blank. But when you start to ask this question, who am I? And then through the course of days, weeks, months, and years, you start to get answers of what that means. And whenever you feel an answer that so resonates with like the core of who you are, then it might makes it much easier for us to let go of title, let go of role, let go of like jobs, things that we think that we, that we are, because when we identify as just a husband or just a father or just a business person, like we are limiting ourselves so greatly. Yeah. And for me, it was, it was kind of, it's kind of like um, the layers of an onion, right? So we have different layers of ourselves. And what I'm pointing towards is, is the very center of the onion and to a very powerful truth of who we are. And the more that we, we journey towards that truth of the center, the easier it is for us to then shift and change all these dynamics of, okay, this is the kind of father I've been for five years, 10 yeah. years. This is the kind of husband I've been for 10 years. And I can start to loosen up my grip on this is who I am and then be able to shift my perspective and then start asking myself, okay, what kind of actual husband do I actually want to be? And then having conversations with my wife, okay, what kind of, you know, what kind of husband should I be? What kind of relationship can we have? And then through that loosening of these heartfelt conversations, it makes it really easy for you to then make these powerful shifts just like that in the matter of days and weeks. And of course, you're going to continue to shift and everything as you move forward. But for me, it was um, really asking the question or, or looking into identity or who am I? Yeah, man, I can completely align with that. I also think there's a trust factor in there of, I mean, this is going to ring, this is going to ring guys, snap your fingers, clap your hands, look in the mirror and tell yourself, I told you so. I, I honestly held off on my mission for so long because I didn't trust myself that that's exactly what I wanted. And then not only that, I didn't trust myself to actually be on that mission, stay on that mission from whether it was programmings or, or beliefs or, you know, past conditioning from my mom and dad about me sticking with things. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't trust myself. I trusted myself in one thing, making money and making my identity around money and making sure that I was important because of the amount of money that I had and making sure that I was safe based on how much money I had and making sure that I had options and opportunity and I could avoid shit because of the money that I had and the success and the trophies and the bullshit, which are, by the way, are all in a dumpster in Baltimore or in a landfill somewhere. Cause when I left my house last year to move here, my wife looked at me and she's like, you want to keep all these things? And I said, no, because it represents a guy who needed those for his, for his life energy, for his formula, for his validation that he was okay today because tomorrow is a whole new day where my sheets felt like concrete. And I'm sure you've had those days where I'm like, fuck this, man. The anxiety's kicking, the, the adrenaline's kicking, the, the cortisol's kicking so hard at 6 a.m. I'm like, I don't want to do this. That's the real me, right? The authentic me. And I think there's a difference between the authentic and the natural. Where the authentic says, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's the resistance that you feel. And the natural brain says, but you got to because you're nobody unless you do. And I fought that shit for so long 
until one day, you know, running my coaching business for, 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 for years at this point, COVID hit. I just bought this mental purpose podcast, realized it was a total piece of shit. I was going to have to redo everything. And I'm like, Oh my God. And we're in a pandemic and we've got a one month old at home and my daughter's four. And I, I, my wife was you know, carrying the little baby around and, and she's like, you better figure it out. And I think for the first time I looked in the mirror and I said, bro, this is not about money. This is about message and mission. Can you trust you on this, on this mission? And I cried, man. I cried for like hours. I guess it still brings me to tears a little bit today because I thought like, am I worthy enough to lead a mission like this? Am I the man that other men will actually follow? Am, am, I, the, am I the general that can give orders and other guys are going to be like, fuck yeah, man. Like I didn't trust any of that stuff. And I thought, man, if I leave this other identity as a realtor behind and all the money that I can make, to actually follow my own dream and put me first and make me a priority. That sounds fucking crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, sounds so sane to you and I today. And like, that was what I had to do. And the, and, and the number one thing I had to do was I had to pull my identity off of being an, a real estate agent who was top producer or a top producer wasn't the, and focus the trust on me and following this, this mission blindly that the universe said, Hey, this is the direction. It's going to be dark and scary and fear and hot and nasty. And it's going to take a couple years. And dude, I promise you, if you stay on this thing, you will, you will never look back. And like, that's today. And I, and I, you know, I was telling you, I was on fire, like taking these calls with people this morning who were like, man, I've been listening to your podcast or I'm in your group and, and I got to work with you. And I, and I really need to be a part of your world. How do I do that? And it wasn't even like a sales call. It was like people would get on the phone and say, I, I want to work with you. How do I get signed up? And that comes from the two things we just talked about. The identity that I let go, the identity that naturally was, by the way, naturally was just like authentically there actually. And then the trust behind the steps forward, which if you don't own your own mission, I think those two things are going to be major blockades to, to actually starting on the mission or they're like barriers to entry. You got to be your own general and your own drill sergeant, you know, and your own cook and your own support system and your own medic and your own, right? It's men on purpose step up and advocate for themselves just like the soldier does. You don't have anybody when you're out there in the middle of fucking nowhere. You take care of you. So, dude, that's, that's, um, it's cool to know guys like you because we're on very similar missions. And it's nice to meet other guys that are just in this beautiful authenticity of themselves and their energy, you know? Yeah. And that's the beauty of it is that when we surround ourselves with other men that have just completely different types of things going on, but there's certain similarities or certain, you know, frequencies of operation, you know, like being able to have that kind of dynamic just really elevates and levels us up and again like i was saying you know identifies the blind spots and then you know they could be the the kind of pseudo drill sergeant in a way of course we have to be that for ourselves but um it's really great to have support system and people in your life that just like hey man i got you what do you need even even if it's uh just listening or going on a hike or whatever it is you know it's so invaluable and without an agenda by the way 
without a, Hey man, what do you need? By the way, I charge for it. This is what do you need? Somebody asked me the other day, how, how you probably used to do a lot of free coaching calls. And I said, I do 10 times more free coaching calls today with a very successful business than I ever have done in the past. And it's because I, I'm not, it's, it's the relationship. I, I, I want people to know that it's, this isn't just a money-making enterprise. It has to make money because it's a business and it also has a mission to it too. And there's some guys that just need a little tweak and they don't need four months or 10 months. They need a 10 minute call, you know, and they can't 100%. afford it. They can't afford it. So you got to do that. You have to do that. So dude, there's going to be dudes out there like me who are like, Ian, come on, stop fucking around. The guy's a special forces guy. Talk about some crazy shit. So uh, <laughs> we're on a great run right now with like fucking fire after fire, man. I want to make sure that we that we put some things in context. So I now let's go back into your into your career. And then what I want to do is I want to work through your career a little bit. Talk about some cool stuff that guys are going to just, you know, the guys who are listening are just going to like. And, and then like, let's wrap that into that, that when you got out, how did you become the man you are today? So like, take us into like, why did you join the military? Why was it special forces? I think my biggest question is how do you, how do you like get through that level of fear and, and like, uh, um, insecurity and unknown and, and unpredictability that is your or was your job especially in a place where you know that at any split second moment your life could end somebody's coming for you because you're coming for somebody you know That's yeah so yeah my, my theme of my life has been kind of going into the unknown with pretty much lack of resource lack of awareness <laughs> lack of training yeah. um like even when i joined the military it wasn't an intentional thing. Um, I was obviously guided by a higher power. Sure. But I, you know, my, my buddy and I, we were thinking about what we're going to do after high school. And we were like, hey, let's let's play rock, paper, scissors to see our destiny. Right. Wow. And so he was like, hey, let's let's join the army. And I was like, hey, let's do college. And so we played rock, paper, scissors. He won best two out of three. And we both joined the military. <laughs> and I was on my way, you know, and being able to um, make that decision. One of the things that will be a continuous theme in my life is if, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. Hmm. And that's literally the, the probably at the bottom of the barrel, the deepest kind of simple belief that if someone else can do it, then I can do it. And so the same, same thing with these different chapters of my military career is that I joined as an Intel analyst, which uh, wasn't hardcore, <laughs> isn't hardcore. And I didn't know it at the time because I joined at 17. Anyways, um, I was at my first duty station and I saw this flyer for special forces. And I was like, what the hell is that? You know, I have no idea what it is. You know, special forces is marketing on flyers within the, within the barracks. Yeah. Like, it's so, so at the convenience store, like they had little flyers of, uh, oh, you know, to, to be able to go to a special forces brief. Right. And so they, they do this throughout, you know, the different bases and stuff. And, uh, I was like, what the hell is special forces? And so I was like, I don't know. But like at the time of my life, I was 18 years old and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something more. Right. And there's a thing that happened in my travels that just really awoken like my, my drive and ambition to learn. 
And so anyways, I saw this thing and I was like, okay, I'm gonna go check it out. And so I walk into this old auditorium from the back. And as I'm walking in, you know, you see this like projector screen and they're playing this video of just like dudes falling out of the sky and shooting guns and like jumping out of helicopters and airplanes and blowing stuff up. And I was like, bro, like I mean, I'm yeah. not doing any of that. Like I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I just, uh, was like, was there, I was like, yeah, I want to try this out, you know? And I, I didn't know what the mission was. I didn't know anything. Right. And so that was December, December timeframe. And then a few months later, I ended up going to special forces assessment selection. It's a 24 day, um, ordeal in North Carolina. It's just very grueling, very difficult. Um, it's just the special forces version of what Navy SEALs kind of do the, um, land stuff, not in the ocean stuff, but very difficult. And, uh, I think 350 people were there, maybe 400 and about hundred people got selected. Right. And so after you get selected, it's two more years of stuff, learning a language, learning a new job skill, learning the, the primary mission of special forces, which is unconventional warfare. And so anyways, I was an Intel guy. I shouldn't have, shouldn't have been there. Cause I wasn't, I hadn't been in combat yet. I wasn't combat arms. I wasn't infantry. I wasn't hardcore, but I was there. So I just went and did it. And the mindset was, okay, if somebody else can do it, I can do it. Or at least I can give it my all and try. And so this theme throughout all these different missions and these different things that I learned, whether it's um, becoming a level one sniper, um, physical and technical surveillance, um, reconnaissance, uh, did close quarters battles uh, stuff, um, different types of missions, you know? So it was the the belief that if someone else can do it and if they know exactly what they're doing and I can learn from them, I can probably do it. I may not be the best in the world, but I can be very, very, very good. And so I've taken that same mindset, you know, from the special forces of learning all these different skill sets, Arctic warfare, mountain, uh, mountaineering, com all this kind of stuff. Right. And knowing that, and I think, you know, for me personally, looking back, it's like, okay, I, I can look at somebody and hear them and feel them when they know what they're talking about. Like if they're at the top of their game, they're knowledgeable, their, their skill set is on point at world-class level. I can differentiate that between somebody who thinks that they know or is acting like they know or trying to know. And being able to differentiate that really makes it really easy whenever you're looking at somebody like, okay, do you really know? <laughs> do you really know what you're talking about? Have you lived through this? Have you experienced it? You know, are you a good teacher of this? Yeah. And being able to differentiate that has helped me when I got out in the business world and helping, helping people world. Um, and definitely I've had my struggles and my stumbles and falls and all that, um, especially when I first got out, but being able to translate that into something that says, okay, I'm directed towards my mission, my focus, my purpose. How do you do so many questions? <laughs> Art, Arctic warfare, mountaineering, close quarters combat sounds so, so freaking cool. And uh, I'm going to pick one. So I almost feel like you definitely get programmed in the military, right? You're not, you're not like the normal you who went in while you're, while they drop you into a frozen tundra and go, Hey, here's your mission. Like what we're tracking you. So you've got exactly 48 hours to execute the mission or, you know, your extract points, you know, vehicle is going to be gone and your asses stand here. Like at that point you go, mm, 
yeah, I'm going to pass. That sounds, uh, I'm not really into that. <laughs> like, or you just so program, you're like, got it. No problem. And then does reality ever hit you when you get dropped into this, you know, this mission, it's almost like a game, right? All of a sudden you're just on the side. I, I picture you like on the side of a mountain and reality hits and you're like, what the fuck am I, what am I doing? What the hell am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? I got to like, this, this is the mission. I got to scale another thousand feet. What am I doing? I could have worked at, you know, T. Rowe Price and been completely fine right now. And like driving a douchey car and, 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 you know, having a 401k or whatever. And like, I think about, I think about that because when you got back, reality hits you. Yet when you're in and you're on these missions, how does reality of I'm scared. I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like questioning yourself, insecurity. How does that not hit you or does it? Cause you think about a special forces guy, it's like to the target, to the target, almost like, almost kind of robotic, right? To the target. Let's go. This is get over this mountain, whatever. It's just in the way of the target. How do you not channel that human programmed societal programmed fear-based human and stay on that mission, even though you still are a fear-based human. Yeah. So for me, it comes from like a primal enjoyment of adventure or okay. primal enjoyment of pioneering. And so when I, when I look back at the different things that I did, you know, I was never the best at anything, but I was always really good at a lot of things. And I learned from the best of, you know, when we, when we learned Arctic warfare, it was the Swedes and the Finns, right? Yeah. And so like we were able to trust that they knew exactly that dynamic. And I was just, I felt that I had a, a lot of potential and a lot of capacity to be able to play at a really high level. And whenever you were speaking about that, what was kind of coming up for me was this idea of surgical corner of the universe or of the world. Right. And we were just like, training up and doing these like very little tiny little surgical precise things yeah and it was really cool <laughs> you know like I'm not, I'm not gonna lie it's like and that's that was part of the reason why it was so difficult to get out you know with my own internal battles but we were doing something so unique something so timely something so special something so technical that it was actually really fun to see yeah. if we could overcome that challenge Right. And so if someone's listening to this, you know, like there's, you don't have to be a special forces dude or Olympic level athlete or, you know, a billionaire business guy. But what you can do is you can take that certain level of playing the game of life. Yeah. Essence of I'm finding this like very surgical, precise way to live my life. And I have the, all these interesting life experiences that led me up to this. Right. So, you know, if you have successful business, right. So, you know, you're making plenty of money, but then like the, the side of the personal life and the, and the relationships with the family, like ain't so hot. Right. That's okay. Right. Cause you already got this other stuff. That's like really shit hot, you know? And, <laughs> and like, like take, you use that as, as like your part of your package of like who you are, but just integrate the other aspects. Right. And so for me, it's like, fi like fine tuning. I mean, we, and we, when we look at it from a position of finding our purpose is like, Okay, instead of us looking at like finding our purpose as this very difficult, arduous thing, like let me look at it like a game that I can engineer and play and have fun with, right? It's 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 an adventure. I'm pioneering my own mother truck in life, right? 
you know, like I'm going forward and I'm finding all these nuances of the, of the things that make me, me. And looking back at your life, you have all of these, this like raw data that you just haven't utilized and you haven't been able to see it from a certain perspectives, you know, or a certain perspective that's advantageous to you yeah. finding that surgical purpose for your life. Yeah, man. What, what, when you were talking about that, what came up for me was something that, a. uh, uh an ayahuasca shaman said to me on my first ayahuasca ceremony, which was, I said to her, I, I can't do this. She's like, okay, well, you flew all the way here across the country and, you know, did the dieta for, for two weeks and, you know, like just go back and sit down then. And I'm like the last one to go. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do here? And she said, if you want my advice, the spirit's, pushing you in every category of your life. Stop trying to escape. Stop trying to avoid. The only way out is through. And dude, in that moment, it was like, if a spirit have, had ever smacked me in the face before, it did. And I became overwhelmed with emotion. And she's like, so now we're onto something. And so what, what you learned was you can't quit halfway through. You have to see the mission through. So you have to be on a mission that's so damn important to you that you'll push through anything. And a lot of the guys that come through, one of our um, one of our exercises is called VMP. And vision, mission, person equals purpose, right? Everything's formulaic. And what I tell them is your mission has to be so clear in your mind that nothing can stop you, that you're willing to do whatever it takes to move through the obstacles that will be put in your way to achieve the mission. One of the things that I've been talking to the, to the people about in our mastermind, different groups lately is, are you going to be a sentence or a statue? And it came to me in a dream a couple weeks ago. And it was like, are you working on sentence shit? Or are you working on statue shit? And, and what I mean by that is, are you going to be a sentence in an obituary that has a period and that basically ends people talking about you? your legacy, unless you, you know, one of these guys to think if you leave a bunch of money and a bunch of like passive income to, you know, whatever to your, you know, heirs that makes you cool. It doesn't make you fully cool. It makes you kind of cool. Cause it's like, Oh, cool cash. And what about the other side of that? Where if you actually showed up as this truly authentic you, because like I said earlier, you stopped running from the monster, you turned and faced the monster and like the monster and you walked through this deep, dark, hard, you know, f inferno tunnel. And what would that do for you? I'm guaranteeing it won't be a sentence in an obituary that ends with a period. And then someone turns the page and you are now forgotten about, you are now gone to them. The next generation, they might talk about you for a few years until something else fills the void. That's about it. And so the question to most people are, are you operating that your life that you'll, you'll get a sentence in a newspaper somewhere and a little card at, at your funeral that your you know, the church director is going to read as they wheel your casket out. Or will somebody say, holy shit, that guy's life was so impactful in a positive and purposeful manner to this town, this library, this planet, this family, that, that they're thinking about erecting a statue of you. That's how impactful you were. And I'm, 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 you know, not cautioning, I'm encouraging every guy listening to this, and women too. If you don't think that your mission is big enough to where somebody might erect a statue in a town square somewhere, 
then you are living a sentence life, following a sentence mission. What I'm asking and encouraging lane two is encouraging you to do is to face your shit inside, evolve who you are, find your authentic self, align with that mission that you make so much impact here that someone's going to pick that mission up as you, as you, you know, live your final days on your mission. Other people are in there carrying that torch for another hundred years because you were the steward of it. You were the, the captain of it, whatever it might be. It's, it's really something to, for the audience to think about. Sentence or a statue. How are you operating your life right now? Are you living the way that you truly want to? No regrets. Or are you just kind of going through the motions? Candy coated in shit, you know, a candy coated pile of shit that looks really good on Instagram, you know, and the cars are always clean. That's good. And there's a boat. I got a boat. And, uh, you know, my housekeeper comes four times a month or, you know, that's cool. Like that's, that's, that's false. That's facade. That's not alignment. You know, would you agree with that lane? hundred percent. Yeah. And is there something wrong with having great stuff and, you know, yeah. luxury lifestyle to whatever degree that you feel like, you know, you want, but what's underneath is what we're at, we're talking about and really getting into the core of who you are, the authenticity, the intangibles. And when you have that aspect of your journey, um, moving in the right yeah. direction, then all that other stuff is going to figure itself out, you know, and it yeah. could, it could lead to even more riches. It could lead to more wealth. It could lead to the same, it could, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter, but having that true happiness and joy within yourself and enriching relationships yeah. and just elevating and having such a refined and pinpointed surgical focus of purpose, it's going to help just everything as a byproduct lines up for you. How did you, how did you align when you got out of the military? Were you lost? Were you wandering? And then how did you, I, I say get on track. Track's not a bad thing. Track is, is alignment. How did you find that track and rocket ship on that thing? Yeah. So I think it was just little micro experiences of trusting myself <laughs> and for the first couple of years after I got out, I was very lost. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I didn't know what I was really looking for. I had this feeling of purpose. I had this feeling of a direction and I was generally aiming towards my North star, my, you know, my true North, but there was a lot of detours. There was a lot of trial and there's a lot of experimentation. And every single time that I experimented with something, whether it was a business or a, a little mini partnership or like a, an event or something, like it was all helping me get to where I am today. Hmm. And, you know, it was really difficult, but again, it goes back to trust. And every time that I felt excitement, I felt like this was the right thing for me to do. I, I learned something really valuable. I had an experience that I, I still use to this day in a in some certain capacity and whether it's relatability, whether it's a story, whether it's analogy, whether it's a framework concept, you know, whatever it is, like I have that within me now. And so I've noticed in my own journey, I've gone to this very uh, detour laden path. Yeah. And, but that's, that's my style because I like to, I like to experience all this like weird, crazy, yeah. interesting stuff. Right. Yeah, and that's one. my path. And 
Um, how I found alignment though, was really, um, the spiritual path for me. And that was whenever I found myself in Peru and, uh, I wasn't looking for it, but it came to me, um, plant medicine. And so, uh, my wife and I, we ended up, um, we were living in Panama at the time and, uh, we were like, Hey, let's go to Peru and some friends of ours down there, they had just gotten back. And this is, you know, a little while after we were there and we were having this conversation. They were telling us about, this is what we did. We did with the Machu Picchu. We had, you know, really great time, all this kind of stuff. And long story short, I, I ended up going down there, my, my wife and I, and that's where I met my business partner. Hmm. And during that time, we were like putting together the itinerary. There was this thing called a Wachuma ceremony. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. I don't know what plant medicine is. I don't, I've never heard of ayahuasca. And, you know, again, dude that's going blind and pretty much everything he's going, he goes towards. Right. And so anyways, like months after we had booked everything, you know, we, we found out that, oh, the Wachuma is a San Pedro. It's a, it's a plant medicine cactus. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess that's what, I guess that's what we're going to do, you know? So yeah. Um, instead of it just being one, it was three ceremonies plus ayahuasca and this, you know, eight, eight day retreat. And it was like hardcore, hardcore. and yeah, and, but it was, you know, what I needed. And, uh, there's so many powerful journeys, not only that time, but, uh, many times after that, that just really helped me point my finger towards myself and get to know myself better. And so again, kind of goes back to identity, um, being able to find that, find those questions that I needed to ask myself. And that's what I feel, you know, helped me get to that ultimate alignment, ultimate coherence, ultimate harmony within myself um, amidst all of these other aspects that were, you know, that, that are my story, you know, the special forces stuff, the spiritual stuff, the, all these different experiences that, you know, made me who I am today. And, my perspective is that I just keep on the journey, keep on the path and just continue to realign as I, as I move forward in the present moment. Again, like, you know, the example, I'm not a static dude on an ATV. Like I'm, I'm going to be moving through life. Yeah. You know, I'm bobbing and weaving, moving and shaking, doing stuff and not doing stuff. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a always evolving, you know, perspective and, unfolding of the journey. How did you not get stuck in the comparison to other people? Was that something the military helped you learn or was that something you had to move through? Same thing. Cause your process is different than my process. My process is different than the next guys and the next guys and the next guys. And the design of your life is whatever it's design is. You're the one that affects it. You know, you're the one that takes it out and then, whenever you kind of release and surrender, it just falls back into place. Like it's, it's always aligned until you move it. And that's, that's, that's the way I, I, I felt after my first, and by the way, this is not a plug for ayahuasca. It's just, you and I just shared this in common. After my first ceremony, I realized that the results of my life were completely my fault. And I stopped blaming the past and I stopped blaming mom and dad and I stopped blaming the situation and I stopped blaming and I just like, I felt this incredible pressure and, and tension for a couple hours during that ceremony where 
it was the universe saying to me, or the plant really saying to me, it's you, dude. It's almost like a, the way I, I equate it is I felt like somebody was like pushing my head into a tank of water and I'd come up, you know, like torture almost like, do you get it? And I'm like, I I, I get it back in. Nah, you know, screaming like the camera, you can see the camera up underneath and the bubbles are coming out, head back up. Do you get it? It's your fault, your life, your results, your fault. I get it. I get it back in, right? Until it really like clicked. And I was like, oh my God, I hate my life and it's my fault. I'm miserable as a human being and it's my fault. I hate this business I'm in. I feel replaceable as a husband and as a leader and as a business owner. And that's my fault. I'm failing as a husband and that's my fault. I'm not the best dad I can be and that's 100% my fault. And when, when I was done that like torture, that's what I equated to. It wasn't like that. It just kind of was, that's how I describe it. Um, my life changed. And I started looking at things from a whole new lens like you talked about earlier. Like the lens got clear and I thought, Ordinarily, I'd blame this person for being late or I'd, or I'd, or I'd, you know, the, the home inspector did this and that's what cost us the deal. And I started taking shit on like it was all on me. That deal to close 100% on me. And I call the other agent and I'd go, hey man, I'm going to make sure this fucking thing closes because I want to make sure that you look like a rock star too. And I started adopting that attitude and my life changed. And this whole space as a expert level elite coach opened up because I was owning shit, you know, owning it. So I, I love the way you describe that, man. I don't even know how long it's been. My, my timer's off. Um, bro, I, you and I, I, I think it's been like an hour. Let me look. Yeah, I think it's been like an hour. Dude, this has been a very cool conversation, man. A really cool conversation. I, I, I love authentic alignment like this. Where we can just spit this game from a very authentic foundational place. And, and, and like somebody out there got something today. We can be 100% confident. Sure, somebody is staring at their phone or their radio going, oh, uh, I, think, I think they're talking to me. Right? Clearly, they're talking to me. Bro, I have so many more questions for you about special forces and like riding ATVs and, and shooting things. Let me ask you real quick. Is the give us a personal development for a second? Is the is the mission are the missions like various and they could be like, you know, uh, watching somebody or or taking somebody out or placing a tracker on somebody's car like like the movies or like the Bond video games? Like it could be all those things or is it did you focus on very specific type missions yeah so there's several different types of mission sets and each special forces group has their own geographic area of responsibility and so different groups are you know one groups for africa one groups for south america one groups for asia mm-hmm. and within that so that kind of dictates the kind of missions that that area of the world needs and then from there, there's these different kinds of missions of some training missions, some reconnaissance missions, some uh, preparation for tier one missions, all this kind of different stuff. And within the special forces, there's different types of teams. So there's um, there's reconnaissance teams, 
there's uh, scuba teams, there's halo teams, um, there's different kinds of team mobility teams. And so depending, you know, it's like the luck of the draw, you know, like whenever I got in special forces, like I was on a, on a certain team and I, you know, it's like, Hey, you're a engineer that does demo stuff. You're a new guy. You came in at this time. Okay. Which team needs a guy. Right. And so yeah. basically like you're kind of out of the hands of like your own destiny in a way. And then you get on a team and then you're, you have that kind of like type of mission, but then there's different types of, so, so to, to answer the question is like, there's all kinds of kinds of different missions, you know, um, you know, uh, during combat, we were uh, a regular, you know, ruck team doing missions in Iraq. And then sometime after that, we uh, got changed over into a, a highly specialized unit, a counterterrorism unit. And we were in Northern, Northern Africa and we were doing all these other kinds of things and activities and type of mission set. And then, you know, whenever I went into a different unit, I, I was on a, on a mobility team, but we, but we also did like Arctic warfare stuff, you know, and some mountaineering stuff. And it, and that's, it's all connected to mobility, you know, skiing, uh, snow machines, ATVs, all other off-road vehicles. Um, and so it's just really like, again, you're, you're, you're going with the, the needs of the special forces missions. Right. And so being able, and, and what they're looking for a lot of times is my own opinion um, for people, for people that are trying out for green beret special forces stuff is this highly, uh, a, uh, an individual that has a high potential for capacity. Hmm. And so being able to do a lot of different things and being proficient at a lot of different things. And then whenever you say, okay, well, you're a highly potential dude. Now you can go do some Arctic warfare or you can do some X, Y, Z, right? Insert mission and given enough time, given enough training, you're able to then allow yourself to just be that dude. Because again, you're, you're seeking the adventure. You're, you're following the mission. You're giving it your all. And you, if you're a, a, a person that has, you know, incredible potential and capacity, well, then you, you have a high likelihood of just crushing it, whatever yeah. that might look like. Yeah. All right, audience. Um, we're going to wrap this thing up. Lane, thanks, dude, for your dude, infinite wisdom and stories. And, and bro, this has been absolutely fantastic. And <laughs> I cannot believe I forgot to hit the record button. Oh man. Okay. Anyway, it's, <laughs> it's all good. Uh, dude, this is, this is one of those fire episodes we've ever had. And, and bro, you, you, you brought, you brought it. So really, really appreciate your time today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, brother. Thank you for co-creating this space of conversation, dialogue, asking like fire convert or questions. Thanks, man. And yeah, so it was, it was an absolute co-creation and, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. So thank you for creating this container, allowing me to share and express. And, uh, the intention was to just whatever somebody needed to hear today was what they needed to hear and that we could support yep. their journey. And they got it and they absolutely got it. So whew, thanks for saving the day with the recording. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Anyway, it audience, to be. <laughs> it's totally meant to be, man. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Please go check out Lane at, are you still using Humble Alpha? 
Um, actually, the my my personal website, okay. lanebalone.com. And uh, yeah, on social media at Increase Freedom. I'm mostly on Instagram, but uh, yeah, if anybody's interested in any of my up to what I'm up to, uh, lanebalone.com is a really good central hub of different stuff. Got it. Cool, man. Audience, thanks for listening. Uh, remember to check out mentalpurpose.net for all the show notes, all the information. You're not going to see this thing on video, so don't ask. It's not, it's not recorded on video, so you can't see it. Um, and uh, make sure you check out all the upcoming stuff, the free stuff, the assessments, the, the free downloads that we've got, anything to help you on your journey, get started or help you to the next level. We got you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.